0: another episode of john's entitled podcast a partner of Moshpit pit nation this week's guest is joe and scott of violent life violent death and with me now as always i can kind of pull the wayne and garth thing is daniel terry how are you doing <laughs> doing pretty good man <laughs> uh, doing doing
2: wonderful i uh oh man i just got done uh just got done working. I'm getting back into the uh, into the swing of of being a full time working person again.
0: You're not a drag on society anymore. <laughs> no, not really.
2: I filed my last unemployment claim last week. It was it was sad, and I wanted to, you know, hold a little funeral for it.
0: Well I mean that is the I mean I did that for like about a month or two. Uh I went on a layoff and then just did a shitload of podcasts. So much so that I'm literally still sitting on them because I did so many podcasts in such a short amount of time and then I did a whole bunch of ones that needed to be released in a specific time frame so I was like fuck I kind of screwed myself being so ambitious. That's what I get, I guess.
2: That's what happens. So when you're at a job interview you're like
0: my biggest strength is being so great or my biggest weakness is being so great. <laughs> I've actually have told people that my biggest, my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness in, in doing job interviews is that I want to be the most knowledgeable person because I don't want to have to rely on other people. But that also becomes my, my downfall because sometimes I know people suck and like legitimately they suck. Uh, And I think we can all agree that we've worked with people who, you know, you can show someone how to do something a million times and if they just don't fucking get it, they're just not going to get it. And then then you have to – now this is where me being a manager comes into play where I will try to figure out what that person is good at and have them do that thing for me so I can then kind of pick up the slack of what they're not good at doing and then just do it. Um, But sometimes that comes to screw you uh, in the sense that people are like, well, you put too much on yourself. And it's like, well, yeah, but – and that's why I did a podcast all by myself for a long time. Right? Yeah, there's no way I could have done that. So, yeah, <laughs> huge
2: props. But man, this band, yeah, violent I think life, violent death, man. I They're figured like you'd liquid like them. Fire, dude, like, like liquid fire. Absolutely, like, I mean. The first time, like it was actually to me that introduced me to this band, which never, never happens. You know, um, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, check this out." He, he goes, "This is going to be your new favorite band." I think it's the same uh, thing. He's not. Yeah, yeah he's not. Uh, he's not far off the mark. I wouldn't say they're my favorite, but they could become my favorite. You know, <laughs> um, when we hear uh, a little bit more music out of them. But uh, yeah, you know, I watched some videos and then started listening to the record. And there's two. There's actually a, a EP and a. a a full length, and I mean, a 22 minute full length. <laughs> yeah. Which I kind of appreciate because I'm so busy. It's kind of nice just to have a, you know, like
0: a fun sized. Back on that Blasco <laughs> bullshit. You only have so much time in your day. I know, right? <laughs> it's funny. Anytime anyone talks about time management, that's all I can think of is Blasco. Being like, I mean, Blasco. I don't only have so much time in my day if it's, uh, if it's over like 30 minutes. I don't got time for it. Dude, we should get Blasco to do a TED Talks. <laughs> on <time. laughs> i would watch that i I would listen to it i don't know if i would watch it it'd be the shortest ted ted talks ever <laughs> recorded that'd be interesting i i'm kind of surprised actually there there's like an interesting idea and a concept why not have like a, a musician's like you know someone like a blasco or even like a jamie josta you know and some of these people who have learned how to brand themselves in a lot of different mediums have them do a, a ted talk whatever like I don't know if you can come up with a metal version of that to, to call it something clever, but I, I, growls, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could, I was trying to think of something like the headbangers talk or something. Um, Ted's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think that would be pretty interesting. I mean, I guess indirectly that's what the podcasts sort of are, but I mean, I think, uh, the thing that's interesting about Ted talks is, you know, it, it's somebody, you know, potentially that's in in a more focused setting describing you know, whatever it is that they're, they're passionate about or what they've, they've kind of want to discuss. But I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people in that, that's that world that if they were to kind of just really sit down and kind of give you, you know, 30 minutes of a, like a really intense crash course into, you know, what they've done and how they've become successful and so forth. I think, uh, I think it'd be really interesting actually.
2: Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Maybe,
0: maybe we're onto something. All
2: we have to do now is become experts in something <laughs> and then we can, uh, go on and do our, uh, or ted growls, yeah, so, <laughs> our teddy bears. Is, uh, oh, that's even better. I like that way more. Um,
0: but, but yeah, violent life, yeah, violent
2: death, though. Yeah, this band, man. Like, I, I love the intensity of the music. It's like a, it's kind of like, um, you take Zao, every time I die, a little bit of the Chariot, and then you just kind of like set all that on fire, and then put it in a blender, You I, get violent life, violent death, and I wow. love that combo.
0: Yeah, they're uh, they're quote on Facebook fight riffs. Uh, I mean, I still hope I hope when this comes out uh, and people listen to it, I hope you all go to their Facebook page and all their socials, and just say that you want that to be merch. Because if they do, as I said in the episode, as you'll hear, I at least get one for free <laughs> for the idea. Right. I'm not even gonna Shark yeah. Tank that shit and shit and be uh, all about perpetuity or anything. No, it's all it's, it's
2: all them, but it just needs to exist in the world, and you
0: need to have one. Yes. Yeah. That's about it. I'm I'm trying to be like Jamie Josty, and I'm trying to – I just want to throw one one idea, one pitch out at everybody and see what happens and if anything comes to fruition just so I can get more free merch. There you go. That's the way it works.
2: But, yeah, I was uh, uh, unfortunately not able to make this interview, and that's probably a good thing back on the time management thing (laughs) because – you know, I probably could have talked to these guys for four hours. So they definitely seem. May, maybe I will soon. Yeah.
0: They definitely seem really cool. They, uh, you know, it, it's always interesting when you get you know, you were making a comment about this when we were leading up to doing this intro and outros. Uh, You know, you were making the comment that, you know, it's kind of hard when a a newer band, they don't have a whole lot of press to to find things to talk about. And I definitely agree, but I have to say, like, you know, having both Joe and Scott made it a lot easier because you're getting a vocalist and, you know, someone else who writes the music able to give you kind of dual answers from both of their perspectives. And I only was supposed to talk to Joe, but I am pleasantly, you know, pleasantly surprised uh when you know he's like oh i got scott and i was like oh that's even better like you know so i, I kind of lucked out the fact that i got both of them um and they just seem you know real easygoing and probably the kind of people you like they're probably the kind of people that like something would come on at the jukebox at a bar and i'd probably be like we we kind of all see each other getting down to it and be like tight you like this yup do you want to like come over and hang out and like drink a pbr sure all right i think we're friends now awesome. right <laughs>
2: No, we'll have to uh, we'll have to go to a show and and make that happen. <laughs> or a bar. I go, to a of, I go to a lot more bars than I go to shows, so
0: there's that. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of bars, you guys set the bar pretty high uh, this last uh, episode on discography discussion. You had Rob Rivera of Nonpoint on to to go through all of their discography. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: Uh, we've never had anybody on the show before discuss their own discography with us and uh so i mean it's really good that it didn't suck you know or, <laughs> you know then i would have gone on some tirade and then we wouldn't be talking anymore because rob would hate us and vice versa uh luckily i didn't really have much bad to say about nonpoint and so it was a good uh it was definitely a fun conversation that we had with him and uh we might do stuff like that in the future if uh if that's what people like
0: that's that's what the people want I think it's, I mean, I don't know if it's something you guys would do all the time, but I definitely think it's interesting to get that background. Like, I mean, I love just hearing stories about shit that potentially, you know, it would be one of those things where there's probably going to be something that, you know, next time I hear someone talk about Nonpoint, I'd be like, well, did you know? (laughs) And someone probably be like, why? No, I didn't. And I don't care. And why do you know that? And it'd be like, well, I mean, I listen to podcasts and the drummer from Nonpoint said this. Yeah,
2: he uh he he had no
0: problem telling us which albums that he recorded that he hated. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> interested even on some of the things. Like he didn't mention certain ex band people's names. He was just like, well, I mean, this person came on and they're okay, but you know, they're no longer with us. So I think that speaks to that. He's just it like, all wow, like right. Very
2: PC. I mean, he yeah. he did good. You know, as far as if someone from the band's listening to it, they're not going to come off and be like, well, gee Rob, why did you say that about me? Right. You know? Um. You know, I, I I don't know if our podcast can handle, you know, comments and quotes like that, you know, (laughs) we, you know, uh, we'll, we'll save that for, for the big time guys. And, uh, but no, yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool hearing him be like, yeah, I recorded this in nine. I recorded all the drums on this record in nine hours. Yeah. That was shocking. Or, you know, yeah, that was crazy. So, but yeah, um, really interested to get into this, uh, Get into this conversation, and um, we'll uh, we'll be back to talk about it after you guys talk about it. <laughs>
0: So I had the pleasure this afternoon of talking with Joe and Scott, the singer and guitar player for Violent Life, Violent Death. How are you two gentlemen doing today?
1: Awesome. How about yourself?
0: I literally just punched the clock to get out of work, and uh, so now I'm talking to you.
3: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, just... Very nice. We're, we're currently in the middle of work. <laughs> uh, it's it's been We're going really... to we'll take a break what, to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: been kind of funny. I uh, took my lunch break to talk to Lejean from 7 Dust, and now I'm talking to you guys, so it's been an interesting day uh, of work.
3: That's yeah, awesome. that's
0: awesome. So, you guys have a new EP coming out uh, this Friday as of when we're recording it, uh, June 29th, uh, Come Heavy Breath. Uh, having just literally listened to it uh, over the last hour and a half or so, I gotta say, it's a uh, it's heavy motherfucker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan.
0: So, in. Yeah, cut-
1: basically, we were like,
0: go ahead. No, I was gonna say, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, yeah, that's that's what we wanted. We're like, let's let's write a motherfucking heavy,
3: It's heavy and aggressive,
1: man. That's how we like to do it.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it, sometimes, and, and I know this may sound like kind of a really stupid question, but is it sometimes kind of hard to when you're you're trying to write for a record to like that you don't? I mean, because it definitely seems like from the the 2016 EP VEP, EP. Um, that you know there's definitely a sound and a vibe for this band but i kind of wonder like was there ever any intention maybe when you're just kind of noodling around or writing something to maybe be like well you know let's maybe try to do something a little different or if it's like no this is what this is and we're just gonna kind of go down this this path
3: yeah we uh three about three to five of us have been, been in bands uh multiple bands over the years together and <clears throat> Uh, historically, we had done stuff that is more on the metal side of things. Mm-hmm. So, when me and Scott were in the beginning stages of wanting to form this, we were talking about you know the sound we wanted to do and this and that. And um, so, we wanted to make it more away from the extreme—not extreme metal side, but the the more metal end of things—and kind of take more of a a hardcore approach. Um, really, in the end, it just. Uh, we basically took a lot of the influences that we grew up listening to, whether it be like from the punk rock scene in the '90s or late '90s hardcore, early 2000s metalcore, and like the various types of uh, of metal, and just kind of wanted to put all of what we thought were the best parts of of those styles of music and put them into one in a in a kind of a cohesive version where you know it kind of sounds like we're still the same band and not like wow what's all this different stuff going on they're kind of all over the place. So that was that was definitely different for us and which has been fun though too. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah basically we just wanted to write um uh an album that uh was based on us growing up listening to these uh albums and that we had a complete we're in all of them and so we just did that with the music. We we were writing if that made
0: sense, and um... <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of interesting too. Because as a shitty guitar player, what was interesting to me, especially even going back to the EP, is kind of hearing a little bit of like the newer "Every Time I Die" sound. Like I think you're in what I would assume is like their weird like dropped A tuning that they do.
3: It's actually just regular old drop D. Oh, is believe it? it or not? <laughs> huh. your your yeah. low end
0: on the on the strings on the uh, low string is really low sounding so i kind of i figured maybe it was like that weird like sort of c tuning that they do Where but the lowest string is dropped to a
3: yeah we're yeah uh we're just kind of a bunch of big tone nerds so people always find it surprising that we're tuned up as, as high as we are um you know but i think because of that, it helped it does help make the music a little bit more dirtier sounding, and also kind of differentiates things a little bit from what a lot of bands are doing today, and kind of going back to you know some of those older roots and stuff. And you know, a big goal for us was to take a lot of those older sounds and kind of make them new school relevant, like our own kind of new twist to them.
0: Yeah, it definitely got that vibe. Like, there's, uh, and more so due to Scott's vocal approach. Uh, I'm sure the comparisons to Zayo or like even uh, Jimmy Ryan from Haste the Day are kind of omnipresent. But uh... yeah. yep. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, like really, those those are really the only two that kind of sound like that. So I mean, like you're in a very rare air of vocalist uh, as far as having that kind of sound. So I mean, I think it definitely helps differentiate you from any other vocalist in the scene.
1: Yeah, when I first heard Dan from Zao um, bring those vocals to, to Zayo, coming from, uh, I guess Sean Jonas being the singer before, it was, uh, everybody I think was floored by it and was like, wow, you can, you can do these extreme metal vocals over hardcore. And I fell in love with it, it the first time I ever heard it. So. Yeah, that was
3: a huge record for the both of us. And really with those vocals he had, that was like totally different at the time. And I want to say at first we were kind of like, all right, who, who is this new Zeo? But it, you know, <laughs> I think over like a month or so, we were like, wow. Okay. What they got going on here is, is amazing. That's mind blowing. Yeah. So that was, you know, one of our big influences. <laughs> in case you couldn't
0: tell. Yeah, no, totally. And sometimes I think it's interesting that a lot of people will sometimes, especially, you know, having a voice like that, where a lot of people can't, you know, like myself, can't help but find the comparisons, you know, especially being a mid-30s something who grew up listening to a lot of, like, Zayo and Haste the Day and so forth. To me, like we are just saying, you know, it, it creates this, this sense of, nostalgia for a band that I've never that's newer that I don't know but I feel like I've known them for a (laughs) long time because it has that sense of familiarity to it and I don't know if you found from newer fans where especially maybe older people like myself or maybe like yourselves I don't know how old you guys are but um that tend to find that that's actually a a good you know thing for you guys where people are, are so willing to accept it because it sounds like something you know that they grew up with, and maybe those bands, which other than Zeo, like you know, Haste the Day doesn't exist anymore, and Trenches isn't yeah. techni- te- technically Trenches hasn't put out their new album that they keep teasing. But you know, we don't have yeah. those two vocalists technically out there as as much as you know they used to be in our youth. So I feel like you know, for me, it, it you know, when I hear a band like this, like you guys, it, it kind of has me excited about a, a quote unquote newer band, even though you guys have been actively. You know musicians for a while writing stuff but something like this has me excited because it's it's new but it has an old sound that i i obviously like so it, it gets me excited about finding bands like this where i feel like a lot of people that are in my same same demographic are going to be very much like wow i love this new band
1: well that's exactly what we were going for yeah. you know? what, <laughs> what we're doing is working
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's uh that's not the first time we've heard that so that's um that's super encouraging to hear, and you know it's kind of one of our game plans right off the bat and so yeah, thanks for helping confirm that a little bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so kind of speaking a little bit about this uh the new EP and the fact that you guys did an EP before, something that you know that I'm noticing and and you know code Orange has recently kind of talked about this. You know, a lot of people who are into metal don't. I mean, they're into metal, but they listen to a lot of different other shit. And so, as someone who's, you know, also into hip hop and so forth, you know, it seems like the trend in hip hop for the longest time has been putting out, you know, EPs or mixtapes or just steadily putting out a small assortment of songs that either then eventually get put together with maybe another track or two and then it becomes, you know, a full length. But, you know, they recently had made the comment about how, you know, they're tired of, they're not probably going to release anything the, the old way because it, fans are just too fickle and, and don't have the attention span to keep up with waiting for two, three years for a new album. Are you thinking, you know, kind of in the same thing, like that you guys will consistently just kind of do EPs and five to six song bursts and just kind of consistently do that?
1: A- absolutely. That's the, the actual only goal that we've had. We're like, there's no need to put out a full length. Considering people's attention spans and you know in the old days you could wait two years before you release a new album But you know, you can't do that anymore. So we're totally on board with just doing five songs six song EPs until Something, you know says we have to do something else Yeah, like it's all
3: about like right now. It's all about the content and I think too with being a new band um, it kind of needs it a little bit especially with all the competition these days there's just so many bands out there and it's easy to get lost in the mix so we feel like if we just keep pumping out you know quality material to the best of our abilities that will kind of help jump start us you know as a, as a younger band and um and kind of keep the momentum driving for us too so we'll see how that works out but, but yeah everything you just said as far as that goes is Exactly what we're trying to do. We've already written another EP. Oh shit!
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like I was gonna say. So with the uh, the second, uh, this new potentially like it's written. Is their goals to maybe by the end of the year to get it recorded and have it ready to go for maybe like the beginning of next year,
1: or sooner? Who knows?
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean
1: that would be
3: yeah. um, We would like to. As of right now, we're thinking august september recording um you know that could change but definitely at some part this year uh the sooner the better probably most likely in the fall and then at that point um you know that usually takes a few months and so we'll probably want to do some campaigns with that as well so Yeah, beginning of the year, I think would be perfect. If not, you know, maybe a few months into it is what we're shooting for at this point. Plus, I
1: don't know how bands can just sit on their songs and not want to play them immediately. These (laughs) few (laughs) and whatever. I know I can't.
0: I think one of my biggest bitches about going to see new, when you see newer bands sometimes is you know like maybe there's the one album they have if they're you know doing a support tour or whatever and you buy the CD and you're like man that set ripped and then you get it home and you listen to it and it's like the old shit and like they ha- just haven't been yeah. able to get to uh, <laughs> get in to record it and you're like oh what the fuck it's like bait and switch kind of you're like oh. well those new songs ripped and then by the time you know like i know uh, like there was a friends band that had a really really great song and like the demo was so fucking good and by the time they finally got to put it on a record it was like almost 2 years later and the 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 good uh, sounding record the recorded version just didn't have the same f- like feel to it and they're like yeah we had played that song yeah. so much that we were just kind of over it at that point like it's like oh here's the song and so it's like i i definitely think that from a band's perspective it's got to be really nice to be able to you know, write a batch of songs, try to hurry up and get them, you know, out. Because then that way, I also think the other thing, too, and kind of in cutting myself off, it kind of will really give a better visual or audio visual uh of who the band is at that exact moment because instead of waiting two years and you're like wow this band's kind of changed all at once it seems it's like no this was actually a slow evolution you just didn't get to kind of hear it as it was happening you're hearing it like two years later so i think this actually will allow fans to kind of grow with you if you choose to go in different directions eventually
1: oh yeah and that and we will we will go in different directions um but having so much content out there you know we can always come back to whatever we decide we want to do so
0: so speaking of content you guys recently put out a, a rather <laughs> interesting video for backbiter uh that as i was watching it i like, i was watching it during a break at work and i kind of felt like i was watching like some sort of like snuff film kind of like with some of the imagery showing and i was like <laughs> huh uh and it's like you know no one can hear what i'm hearing um but i remember someone being like what are you watching and i was like oh it's a <laughs> video for a band i'm gonna talk to later this week but uh yeah you know like I, th- I think that's something too that's pretty interesting is that you know it seems like just on all levels between the imagery of like your ep covers you know your video for the new song and even like your album titles like it just everything seems like it is it, rooted in you know the same message which is just heavy i mean shit even your facebook uh about or whatever, just says like fight riffs, and I was like, I fucking love that. <laughs> like, I hope that's yeah. on your. I hope that's on your merch. I hope like it just says like on the front, like you know, violent life, <laughs> violent death, and on the back it just says fight riffs. Like, I think that's you know, that could happen. I think it that's needs to a happen. I <laughs> might
1: have to send you a royalty check for that one
3: day. Uh just send me <laughs> a
0: free shirt, and we'll call it good. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, good.
0: Perfect.
3: Yeah. Perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, is it? Is it kind of like, I mean, I know I kind of spoke to it in the music sense, but like just on all levels, is it kind of hard to present just such a uniform concept for what the band is, even in your visuals and so forth? Like,
1: No, it's it's been pretty easy. I'd pretty much just take care of all that. Um, I I have a lot of time to think while I'm at work, so (laughs) you should see it. I'll do these crazy mock-up, just awful, awful drawings, and I'll send them Joe. And I'm like, this is what we need, something like this, and it'll be something weird, like uh, whatever, I've, some of our merch you can see, just like, yeah, it's just, <laughs> this skull that's been completely obliterated, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know, this looks cool to me, so... <laughs>
0: That's awesome. What what do you guys do, actually? Because it's not, like you said earlier that you guys are both at work. What what do you do?
1: Marketing.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, we do marketing. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's, it's fun. Uh, I wouldn't mind one day, hopefully, maybe, being able to quit this job <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, focus on the band, you know, full-time or whatever. So, But, you know, we'll see what happens. We're just trying to have fun with it right now and put out the best, you know, quality material that we can and just kind of see where things
0: take us. Yeah, I'm definitely on there with you with the uh, quitting the job thing. I work for a screen printing company that uh does stuff for like that you'll find it like packs on. And stuff. so it's like oh, nice. high-end retail, but it's like full of dumb shit that I'm like, "Who the fuck buys this?" And then I see yeah, a bunch right? and then I see Hold like these yeah. stupid shirts out out and about and I'm like, "Ah, oh, these it's kids that I don't understand." Yeah. I don't
1: know, man. Joe's a former screen printer himself. Uh, I am. I am. So I feel you
0: on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least like it sounds like you get to do the fun part of also designing designing the shirts. I just literally... I, I switched out of the working in the screen printing area and in the shipping receiving thing, so it's not as much of a pain in the ass. Well, that's good. But I feel that's more good. for the uh, the merch people now because I try to make sure our boxes are nice and that they don't suck.
3: <laughs> right, we do appreciate that. we going to come to pick up our shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so kind of speaking of... Uh, some, you know old sounds and uh you know vintage bands and so forth, you guys are one of the getting to play one of these Hope's fall shows. I actually had Adam Morgan on not that long ago, and uh so what is it, oh, nice. what does it mean to kind of you know being from the same area you know what does it mean to kind of get that nod to you know play some of these very select hopes fall re- uh i wouldn't necessarily call them reunion shows at this point, but you know just the comeback shows i guess
3: yeah well we grew up um we grew up with them. And they were always, we were always big fans of them. And, you know, we, we had been in various bands, you know, as they were being a band. (laughs) And I guess they, you know, they called it quits some years ago. And Josh Brigham, uh, about a year ago, told me that they were coming out with this new album on Equal Vision. And I was like, dude, if you guys play a show, you have to put us on that. So they were like, that was like, they weren't sure if that was going to happen. And so. As soon as I heard, well, as soon as we heard that they were going to do a few shows and support this new record. We bothered the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. And Josh was like, no, like, nah, you guys are on it. You guys are on it. So so that was super cool then. We're very excited about that show. Um, I believe it just sold out a couple days ago. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, like I said, we grew up with those dudes and we loved, we always loved the music they did. They were a huge influence on us and a very important, you know, on the North Carolina scene too. So it's a, it's an honor to be playing with them.
0: Yeah, I was really hoping you guys were uh, on one of the dates that End is on because I think seeing you two play together would be yeah just disgustingly awesome.
1: Yeah, End is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool to get on those New York shows, but that, that's the dudes from Counterparts, right?
3: Yeah, it's uh, yeah.
0: Brandon from Counterparts, Andrew from uh, Structures, Greg is from okay. Misery Signals, X-Shy Halud, oh, and then wow. you got uh, Will Putney from uh, Was It Thy Art Is Murder? Or upon a burning body, one of those two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was
1: just like a, like super a ridiculous supergroup, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was like well, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, those dudes are awesome, and I, uh, I got to talk about that album before it even a note. I had heard a single note, and no song had been released, and it was really hard to talk about something I had no idea what it sounded like with like half of the band. I'm like, right. so this new EP you're doing, it's well, tell me about it.
1: <laughs> it's just heavy. Yeah, yeah it's, no, that's stupid stuff, heavy. That
0: awesome. Do you think that uh being yeah. the the kind of the heavier band on the bill like that? Do you think that works to your advantage of kind of really impressing, you know, maybe old school hopes fall fans?
3: Um, I hope I hope so. I, mean, yeah. I know that we do usually like to stand out a little bit. So, I think, you know, we'll definitely be standing out some on that show. And hopefully because of that, you know, we'll get some get some new fans, some new followers, or at least people that, you know, know we exist and are finding an interest in what we're doing.
0: Is there plans to... I know you got, like, sporadic dates. Uh, what is the plan for touring as far as, like, the rest of the year? Is there anything kind of in the works?
3: Yes, we're actually talking to a band right now. I can't disclose a lot of details, but we're looking to do um, late September up to through a portion of October um, east coast so like I said it's kind of in the works right now I'm really hoping that it's going to pan out we'll know here in the next week or so but yeah I mean basically we've got a bunch of regional shows you kind of do at all times and then if we can nail that down for late September that would be awesome so fingers crossed
0: (laughs) hopefully you guys will make it out here to the Midwest at some point in the next year or so
1: uh, we'd love to. I love playing the Midwest. Those shows are always the, the most fun. The Midwest has always been awesome.
0: Yeah, so it's always funny. It seems like people are either like, "Oh, Midwest shows are really awesome," or they're like, "Ah, oh, you know, it's okay." <laughs> I also don't know how much of that is just the fact that like there's on the dr- the drives suck because There's like nothing.
1: Uh, that is true lots yeah. <laughs> of, of cornfields lots of flat yeah
0: <laughs> that's alright I was kind of like when I made my way down to North Carolina a little while like a couple of years ago I was like pleasantly surprised it's sort of like on my way from Myrtle Beach up to uh, Charlotte how yeah it's just like what are those things like sweet corn or sweet grass baskets or something like that like I don't know how many uh, of those stands know. along the way that I found and I was like what oh like, this gotcha is- like th- this is like about as like kind of hickish as like it is out where we are. Like as far as, oh, as like yeah. nothingness, and then it's like you get to Charlotte. Oh, it's yeah, man. super big. So that's
1: a weird drive, Myrtle Beach to you know? Charlotte. Is a weird drive. It was
0: very, it was very culture shockish.
1: Very, yeah, very deliverance at
0: times. <laughs> so, <laughs> i was just sandy
1: in the middle of the state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, i was just sand out here. Man. It's not even a beach deer here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Um, that's a strange drive. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely one of my favorite parts was going to uh, Lunchbox uh, Records down there in Charlotte. Yeah. Great little records. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we live right down the street from there. Oh, okay. Great spot.
0: So kind of in, in wrapping up to let you guys get ready for your next thing, uh usually like to have the bands uh, plug their socials and then to end a song out to the episode too. So what would you like me to play the song or the episode out to and uh, maybe a little backstory to, on it?
1: What do you think, Scott? Um... The backbiter
3: uh, Yeah Backbiter works Second track Yep And uh, and then, I'm sorry What else did you say You wanted us to say? Plug Is your there, social Yeah no,
0: plug, plug socials song, and Do you have a, <laughs> a story About Backbiter Like just uh, maybe During the, the writing process Of it or anything
3: Yeah really like I don't know When we write songs We kind of decide Like do we want this one To be a fast one Or do we want this one To be wild. a slower one Or wild Or whatever We kind of want Each song to have its own personality the best we can. But anyways, um, so we decided a fast song with that, and it was right after we had finished our first EP that we got into writing this one. So, yeah, I mean, really just kind of took the the fast model and just wanted to make it a little bit more aggressive, and uh, I think it turned out really well. I think it's the most cohesive song
1: to merge both EPs, like from the first one to the the second one. I think it's the one that really bridges those two together
3: definitely yep and uh social media social media wise all the you know all the usual stuff facebook instagram twitter youtube um all you gotta do is type in our band name and it'll pop up so that's one of the good things about our band name is no one else has it (laughs) so you don't have to add any little you know little suffixes or whatever they're called to the end of
1: violent life, violent death, North Carolina, North Carolina or whatever, yeah, <laughs> so
3: yeah, we're on all the major platforms, so just, you know, search violent life, violent death, and it'll pop up
0: awesome, well thank you guys very much for taking the time out of your day, and uh, hopefully see you guys around these parts uh, before the end of the year
1: sounds great, absolutely, thanks for talking thank to you us, so much,
0: yeah, enjoy the rest of your day bye,
1: right, you too, bye-bye.
0: see ya so that was my conversation with Joe and Scott of violent life, violent death what'd you think of that, uh, that chat? Oh, it was awesome, man, and honestly, I kind of wish that I'd been on it Um, after hearing
2: what they had to say. um, All that Zeo talk, man, when there's Zeo talk going on and I'm not part of it, it starts to make me feel a little upset. I get nervous. I kind of start sweating a little bit. Do your you know, ears but... ring?
0: Like, do you Are you like, oh, someone's talking about Zeo in the world?
2: Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's either that or I'm having a stroke. <laughs> stroke I should probably go to the doctor on that, but... You know, um, no, I like, I like that they were big Zayo fans. I, I don't really, uh, hear a lot of, obviously you hear the influence of Zao in there. Uh, you know, obviously the vocal delivery is very Zao, but the music is, uh, is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe too. Uh, when you asked him, you know, what tunings he was using, if you, you know, if they were going for like the every time I die, you know, uh, a tuning, or a tuning or whatever. And he goes, uh, Dumb, man, we're just in drop D,
0: yeah. Well, it's kind of weird because, like, I mean, you know, I made the reference that I'm kind of a shitty guitar player, but I mean, you know, every time I die, being one of my favorite bands, you know, I like to play around with a lot of tunings, and sometimes it's you know, a tuning I've been playing around with is uh, you take the and this is going to be total nerd talk for for gear people, uh, but you know, you you take the uh, the low E and tune it all the way down to G, and then you keep everything else in uh, drop C. So it'll be G C G F A D. Um, if you're going uh, lowest to highest, and it gives you like that really like genty kind of like percussive notes, like that you. I mean, you can only really kind of play rhythms on that string, but it'll, still, it still gives you clarity and some tonality to uh, still be able to play some other stuff. And I've been playing around with that. And then when I was listening to some of the stuff off of uh, off of the uh, X, X lives. Yeah. I think off of X lives and both, uh, X lives and low teens. Every time I die, I started playing around with this tuning where it's, it's a tuning, uh, on the low string. And then it goes to, uh, and then it's just in regular D I believe, uh, the rest of the way. So they just really use that, that low string to kind of get that, like, again, the, the, like what I'm doing, but just basically another step down, uh, of, playing in that and then like once I started kind of playing around with that like it was like oh this is really interesting like how sonically it opens you up to do a lot of different stuff and there's definitely some rips that like when they kind of get into those like slamming parts on on that new EP come come heavy breath you know it just sounds like that so I was like you know I know you can use like effects like there's stomp boxes you can get that tuned down for you like pitch shifters and so forth but it was one of those things where I, I just wasn't. I I was so certain it was that I was like, oh, they're using that tuning because it sounds like that. But you know, it's just a a, a tired and true case of people you know fine tuning literally what they're doing and just putting out disgustingly heavy material in basically standard tuning.
2: Yeah, it, well, and it's a lot of guitar players that I've grown up around always used to say the same thing. I'd be like, hey, check out this band, man. They're in B or they're an A or whatever, isn't that so heavy or whatever? And they'd say, you don't have to necessarily tune way down to write heavy riffs. The, the, the argument is that people that just tune all the way, you know, all the way down are just bla- lazy because then everything you play <laughs> sounds, sounds super brutal or whatever. Right. But, uh, but I think that's kind of fallen away now in the modern day of digital music and everything, how everything is so quantized and so fine tuned, um, on a computer, but, you know, you listen to these guys and it just sounds like dirty rock that's just heavy, you know, that's just yeah. hard, like, I mean, just gritty and, and piss and vinegar and all that good stuff like and you can tell they just really went as far as they could writing genuinely heavy riffs with a lot of energy. And that's, I think, is how we get the impression of, wow, this easily matches matches or surpasses uh some of these other bands that are just down tuned. That's not to say that, you know what, every time I die was doing, wasn't amazing. They, they figured out how to do a clean crunch, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. You know, with that tuning where it sounds really clean and, and, and easy to listen to, but still, you know, punches you in the face. Um, so that's creative use of down tuning. Whereas with what, uh, violent life, violent death has done is just picked a, picked a decently heavy tuning, but then, you know, really through those, through those, heavy riffs on top of it
0: yeah yeah and i mean like to be fair it took every time i die seven records to even change any of their tuning or do anything different in that regard so i mean like how i reacted to violent life violent deaths new material was exactly how i responded when eat it did it for the first time i was like oh oh shit this is heavy yeah Yeah, i mean i i really this is a
2: band i definitely want to see live because i think the energy level is just going to be through the roof. Yeah. Even though I'm a dad now, even though I'm a dad now. So I'd probably just stand in the back with my arms crossed being like, Hey guys, try not to hit each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, I'm very much looking forward to, it. I'm hoping, you know, this, this EP does really good. And I'm interested, you know, like they said that the, there's potentially another EP. They already got it done. It's written. It's just a matter of recording it at this point. And I mean, if this, if this is a band that their whole idea is just to just keep putting out music, i I'm on board with that. I mean, Des Pifara just totally made, fine. just made news, uh, the last couple of days, uh, because he's saying that bands need to stop putting out records every three to four years or more and to start putting out shit every at least a year to two to, to keep fans interested. And it definitely sounds like that's what violent life, violent death wants to do is just keep you interested. Cause they maybe aren't able to hit the road as strong as other bands, but doesn't mean they can't still give you something to, to whet your appetite in the meantime.
2: Right. Well, and if you look at a lot of like the, the, self-promoted pop music that's out there now.
0: Like your, like your mumble
2: rappers and all that stuff, you know, that exists out there. Um, I don't have a lot to say about how much I enjoy that style, but uh, what I do have to say is that it's smart how they just put a song out and see how it does. yeah. And then if it does really well, they put another song out. Um, it, you know, definitely the old man in me is like, no, you need to pick your 10 best songs and put it on this record that I can go to the store and buy, you know, but... <laughs> Uh, that's just not the world that they grew up in. And, you know, it's not the world that it's not the world that the younger generation lives in now. So, yeah, you know what? If you just want to hear that song, there's nothing wrong with you can still support that artist now by just listening to that song and commenting on that song or buying that song or whatever you want to do. Um, and so I think that that's uh, I think this band is kind of a good combination of the two and that we're, it seems like we're getting pretty consistent material. But it's it's still snack sized, which means we get it quicker, which is kind of nice.
0: Yeah, I'm very much interested to see what this band does from here on out. Uh they definitely have got my attention. I think they will appeal to a lot of fans, new of newer bands and older bands. I think they have a foot in each each uh realm and I think it's gonna attract a lot of people. Um and kind of speaking of attracting people though, uh I don't want it to go unnoticed that uh, Mike Maori of Outer Loop Management slash co owner of Jabberjaw Media, uh gave us some good praise uh
2: he did he left us a review on itunes which is awesome to do
0: yeah um why, why don't you tell people why it's awesome to do man. that, that...
2: <laughs> well uh itunes reviews are the bread and butter of podcasts in the sense that um, we're not asking you for these reviews just to make ourselves feel better but they do they do totally but we ask for reviews because you become a little bit more notable and searchable online if you have more comments, more buzz, more uh, more likes, more feedback, whatever you want to call it. Whether it be on social media or it be on iTunes uh, or it be on Stitcher or whatever, whatever podcasting platform that you use, um, it's all looking for social interaction. If there's a lot of social interaction on a podcast, then whenever you search for, you know, music podcast... We're going to come up if you search for, you know, interviews or, you know, music interview. We're going to come up uh, because there's some buzz around that podcast and it's how it's all tagged. So we ask for reviews just so that we show up as a living, breathing entity. And so we appreciate the people that have given us reviews so far, but definitely hit us up with some more reviews and uh, just leave whatever kind of review you think we deserve. Be like
0: Mike Mowry. He came for the Blasco interview and is staying around for all the other awesome interviews in the back catalog and speaking of uh, following and all of that kind of stuff if you would like to keep up with the violent life violent death gentlemen they put it best just google them pretty much nothing is going to show up once you start typing violent life vi- Like I think once you get into that second violent it, it's going to pull them up and if it doesn't you're probably going to get some really weird <laughs> search searchable shit uh, that maybe you probably don't want on your search history It's weird, though. I could not get their video to come up on Pornhub, but they said that it would. Oh, I Um, I haven't looked on there. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to contact. I'll have to hit the little help button on that. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, also I want to give a shout-out to uh, show sponsor The Bean Bastard. I am literally drinking a cup of coffee out of their coffee mug that Nick sent me, uh, drinking a nice – I went with a Panama blend today just because – it's it's just it's my everyday go-to coffee, honestly. Like I know it sounds shitty and cheap, but uh, it's it's just good. It's good drinkable coffee, and
2: uh, you need to send me some of that. Uh,
0: yeah, I could probably I could probably do that, and or get you a promo code, uh, eventually when that happens. Um, uh, but yeah, so, if you would like to. Good. If you would like to follow the Bean Bastard, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at the Bean Bastard, or you can go to TheBeanBastard.com. dot uh, com. Really enjoyed following uh, them this weekend. Uh, Nick ended up posting some videos that he got uh, made of him going down in his basement and making some coffee uh, to I don't remember what the score was to. Uh, but it's oh I'm sorry it's back to the future it was for the life Preserver blend then he just made another new video uh where he is making the coffee and he cuts in the scene from uh, the flyby scene from uh, top gun so like I said if you like 80s stuff pop culture shit from the 80s uh and you like coffee I highly recommend anything the bean bastard has they just put out a new uh, coffee blend the red rum uh obviously I think you can kind of see where that's going it has uh the shining uh motif to it so uh, go over there, support them because they support us. Uh, if you would like to follow our partners at Moshpit Nation, you can at moshpitnation.com. Facebook at Moshpit Nation West MI, and Facebook and Instagram are simply Moshpit Nation. And if you would like to keep up with Dan, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Discuss Dan. You can
2: find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash discography discussion or if you want to check out my other podcast uh it is at www.discussmetal.com or recently you can now just go to www.heavymetalpodcast.com and it will come
0: up and if you would like to keep up with everything, me slash this podcast, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at John's Title Podcast, tweet at me at John's Title Pod, and email me at johnsontitlepod Pod at gmail.com. You can also, again, go to the website, John's Untitled com. Uh, it's live ish, so. Go check it around. Let me know what you think. Maybe you want to see something. Uh, bands, if you would like to sponsor this episode, if you would like to be like the Bean Bastard, you can email me. We can discuss some rates and so forth. And uh, if you are web savvy, maybe we can do a banner ad or something to your your website, a song, whatever. Help me help you promote whatever it is you want me to promote other than ladyboy porn. Uh, I will not be doing that. And... Uh, we always end for these... that, You can send me an email at knock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you have the diamond uh, membership over there on Pornhub, so you get access to oh, all yeah, the sure. first access to the Ladyboy stuff. For, for sure. And uh, we're going to end this episode out, as we always do, with a song. And as you heard uh, Joe and Scott pick, they wanted me to end it with Backbiter, uh, a very good intro sampling uh, of what uh, Violent Life, Violent Death does in a, in a one song serving. And uh, so we're going to end it with that. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks again, Dan. Thank you, John.